This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Friday, Lori and Julia show, My Talk 107. Want everything entertainment. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll give you one more opportunity today to call in and win a pair of tickets uh, for the Rod Stewart Cindy Lauper concert coming up at the XL Energy Center on August 15th. So stick around for that. And uh, one last opportunity to win tickets for Monday night for the Bachelor Bachelorette finale. And that'll be at the Chart House in Lakeville. So stick around. Hey, thank you, Johnny Love. And we're going to do those, uh, the Rod Stewart, Cindy Lauper in the four o'clock hour. Just awesome. FYI, everybody. I F- see that. Okay, got it. Okay. Yeah, you see F- that, Johnny? I do see that. You FYI. See that. Oh. I want to know about uh, the dancing last night. How did it go? Oh, Joya, we went to the Minneapolis Eagles, you know, over there <laughs> on East 25th in the Seward neighborhood. Is that where, where it is? I don't uh, even know. They have a bingo, meat raffle, and at least two bands a night. That is a hopping place. Bands? Bands. Yeah, wow. we had listened to some Zydeco band oh, I like called Swamp, Big Swamp Papa or Big Swamp Papa or mm-hmm. the Swamp Papas Zydeco. or something. Were they good? Oh, yeah. And and then, but before they got there, we, we danced to... Uh, the um um the big brass jazz band and this this couple was doing like you know the flapper dance you know like 20s oh, sure. dancing Ooh. charleston yeah and this and that and the other thing and casey and i just did practice our steps the slower music and then we moved into the zydeco room and um Oh, I wish I can't remember what this lady's name, but if the, someone who's listened to us for a long time, big dancer. She's like, "Oh, Mancini's has a good dance night. Oh, There's yes. dance nights all over." Anyway, Casey did not forget the his, moves his, that he uh, learned for his your swing birthday. dances. Yeah, his swing dance uh, move, and that's good exercise. Oh my gosh, the back of oh. my calves hurt this morning. I believe you. That's good. A good. Workout. I mean, that's serious. Yeah. So anyway, I guess there's like a really, really good Zydeco band at the Eagles Club tonight um, from. New Orleans. Oh, really? $20 cover, so they must be good. They must be good. Yeah. Oh, so I it love was, it. It was super fun. I love it. Yeah, it was just, you know. I watched The Sinner. Oh, wasn't it good? Well, first I had anxiety at the beginning. Yeah, because of what happened. Yeah, and I didn't know. Which if, is the same anxiety that happened with the first yeah. season of The Sinner. And I kept thinking, it's going to go away, it's going to go away, and it did, because then I, we got into the story, and now yeah. I can handle peeling it back. Yeah, but how about that twist at the end? Oh, Yeah. I'm just remembering it right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, Gary yeah. Coon from Fargo is oh, in this season yes. of The Sinner, uh, Donnie. She is she's, yeah, she's something. She's great. Mm-hmm. I like her a lot. Wow. And she's married to Tracy Letts, right. the detective's dad in the show. Right. Just right. To, you yep. know, he's uh, older than she is. Tracy Letts was the father in Lady Bird. 
Yes, yes, yes. He's been in a lot of yes, things. He's he in Divorce. He plays yes, Molly he Shannon. And he's husband. a writer and yes, uh, an actor. actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was so intense. All right. Intense. Well, I just, you know, we don't get to do this very often, but when Colin Colvert writes a blistering review, <laughs> we do like to just give some excerpts from it. And okay. that is... It's interpretive reading. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Disney's Christopher Robin. He gave it a one and a half out of four. Ooh. And he just said it's a curious disappointment and does no justice to Winnie the Pooh. Don't be fooled by advertising promoting as a rare live action film from the animation studio. The action, whatever there is in this this sensationally dull movie, has been left on the cutting room floor. Mm -hmm. This is a sort of devastatingly boring film that sets up every shot with lights, cameras. (laughs) Really? They said this is usually a beguiling story, Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. But they tried to expand its appeal by combining it with the story of a man who, alas, turns out to be so tedious you wouldn't want to ride in an elevator with him. <laughs> oh, no. That is you and McGregor playing Christopher oh, no. Robin. Um, uh, apparently, uh, how did this manage to skip out on all the fun parts? Uh, hint, there are seven credited screenwriters, which is as good as guarantees a dud. Yeah, when you have more than two, that's silly. You and McGregor almost whispering his lines to sound woebegone. Sounds like he has laryngitis. Um, And the director, who did World War Z and Monster's Ball, is not the guy for light entertainment. There's a completely unimpressive lack of chemistry between McGregor and the woman who plays plays his wife. Um, Anyway, they said, go to this movie if you or your young ones have trouble sleeping. (laughs) Okay. And apparently, uh, Tigger is um, a combination of an old toy, which, let's face it, Donnie, didn't you pay, paint some toys today, post some toys today? Some creepy toys? Uh, oh, the doll. The doll. Yes, yes. The, dolls the creepy with doll the different eyes. Found I guess Tigger yeah. is, a, is this uh, old toy, which is one of the creepiest things in the world, with no teeth, and he's terrifying. And that if you have mm. kids, this Tigger will give them nightmares. Oh, lovely. And it's not that prominent, but still, it's a well-meaning movie that is just strange and not strange in the wonderful way of Paddington. Oh, because Paddington. It's a straight-up horror movie. This is from Lainey Gossip. Now, um, China has banned this movie, Christopher Robin. Why? Because apparently Winnie the Pooh is a symbol of resistance groups in china okay is that okay now this is kind of interesting Mm -hmm. i remember during the olympics the japanese skater had all the poo bears Mm -hmm. but that wouldn't be a resistance thing but i was just trying to think of yeah so that's why it's been banned um other reviews have called it deeply weird with a little bit of charm the audience liked it 91 percent of rotten tomatoes and the critics Wait, the audience liked it 91%? Well, that's not very many people, so oh. you got to kind of take it with well, a grain of salt. I mean, just for that. Okay. Um, or, excuse me, 91% of the audience wants to see it. Okay. And the critics, 50, uh, 66% positive. But I don't think it is, from the ones I've, I don't think you want to bring little kids to this. It's not that kind of a Isn't movie. Isn't that sad? It's supposed to be. Yeah, I know, but they're trying to appeal to adults. And they're this? trying to. Are you tell well, me you're one, kidding me. One uh, critic said, uh, "They're ch- obviously Disney is chasing the Paddington market because that 
one and two have yeah, been successful. Very successful and very charming. And very but you've charming. had Hugh Grant in it. You've yeah, had some Nicole different. Kidman was in it. I well, love the first one. This explains why you and McGregor is on the charm offensive and doing all these uh, interviews because they're like, go and save the movie, hmm. please. Mm-hmm. He, he, I, he, I. Listen, I'm not going to go to it either way. Either way. Either way. But here's what I do want to say. I, I want to see the spy who dumped me. I know. That I one just looks like uh, people are just calling it a perfect summer popcorn movie. Perfect. Which is how we felt about Mamma Mia and Ocean's 8. Yes, perfect. Yeah. And who cares? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So anyway, that is that is what is going on in the movie world. And then the big movie that everyone critics are loving is a movie called Eighth Grade. I'd oh, like to I, see that. I, do, I know. Lovely coming of age story. I know. I don't know. I've heard. Too much angst for me. Is it? <laughs> I Which, really you don't want to relive eighth grade. eighth grade. No. Oh, that was not <laughs> oh. a great. Um, no, that was the year I moved into the junior high, which was seventh, eighth, and ninth, ninth grade. And I was my brother's sister. Yeah. Oh. I was at least at the top of the pack in my eighth grade. Yeah. No. It was sixth, I, seventh, and eighth grade. So no, I was. Woohoo! Like, no. Yeah. No. Oh. It's like being a freshman in a mm-hmm. a freshman when a nine through twelve, kind of scary. Yeah, but everyone else started a year ahead of you. Is what it was. Right. <laughs> Being a freshman, but everyone else started a year ahead of you with this yeah. friend group. Exactly. Oh, exact Lord. same thing. All right. Listen, when we come back. It's our story. We can't get enough. Uh, Julia, why are we playing this theme song? I do, Magini. 53 years after it debuted on TV. And it's because Barbara Eden is about to turn either 87 or 88. And Al Roker went to pay a visit to her. She's... Stop. Yeah. She's like, really, you know, she wrote a book... uh, just, a, a few years yeah. ago where she gave us a lot of like uh, great information. And, of course, Matthew Broderick dances to that riff in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes, he does. If you remember that. So here she is, Barbara Eden, talking about her iconic role in I Dream of Jeannie. Long before she was a genie in a bottle, 86-year-old Barbara Eden was a darling of the silver screen, acting beside Elvis Presley in the 1960 film Flaming Star and from the terrace that same year with Paul Newman. But it was the fantasy sitcom I Dream of Jeannie, debuting in 1965 and running for five seasons, that made Eden one of the greatest pop icons of the time. People who are known for an iconic role. How are you feeling, Master? Some people, they they worry that it typecasts them. You embrace Jeannie to this day. She's very easy to live with. No, I'm, I'm proud of her. Isn't it lucky that I had one character that people remember? When you got the script for Jeannie, what were your first thoughts? What did you think about it? They were testing all the very tall brunettes. And then the script arrived, and I called my agent. And I said, are you sure they know what I look like? You know? And, and he said, oh, I think so, because they've made an offer. Do you think today... They could do I Dream of Jeannie because of some people said, oh, you know, it, this was too sexist or she was subservient. Of course you could. That The sexist or subservient part is so ridiculous. I mean, this is a classical theme. Mm-hmm. This is a Me Too Jeannie. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever thought about what your three wishes would be? Of course, darling. 
world peace. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's so cute. I she mean, is. she was just uh, really darling. And that show has been on in syndication since it ran for the five years that it ran. And that little animated opening sequence and theme mm -hmm. song yeah. didn't happen till the second season. Oh, okay. That little bubble. Because that dun, influenced dun, dun. a lot, like Bewitched. Oh, I felt yeah. like used that. And, and the broom with the stars behind the yeah. broom. Yep. Yeah. And um, uh, here she is, Barbara Eden, talking about, uh, just a little bit more about I Dream of Jeannie. And her memoir is called Jeannie Out of the Bottle. And we I've got, talked, I remember when we talked about that. When that came that, out, yes, because she get, let us know mm -hmm. some juicy stuff. All right, let's play it. You had a, a, a fair number of admirers, from uh, JFK to others. <laughs> what was that like? I'm so square. <laughs> With JFK, I didn't even know till I had the note in my is, is this true that he, he gave you his phone number and slipped it in your pocket? Someone did. Did you all ever call the number? No. <laughs> no. Goodness sake. Barbara Eaton. When you look at the cavalcade of roles that you've played, are there anyone that stands out more than others? I'm looking for the proprietor. I was a guest on Andy Griffith's show, and I loved working with that group of men. And the Seven Faces of Dr. Lau, which starred Tony Randall. Barbara Eden, right? You headlined a Christmas special. You went to the Persian Gulf War. You, I mean, that, that seems to be a big part of your life, is that you, you, you return the favors that you've been given. I think that's important. It's just a wonderful feeling. I know you've, you've had to deal with pain. Your son passing of a, of a drug overdose. How do you deal with that? You know, you, you don't really deal with it. He was very smart and, and funny and kind. I mean, we heard about drugs, but you always think it's the other person. Believe me, it's not. It's pervasive. If parents don't recognize it early enough, you can't do anything about it. We didn't recognize it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How about that? Yeah, and she just had the, the one... Um, son, Who and the, she even I can't remember what the husband's name was, but uh, she was pregnant in the first several episodes of the series, and they just kept adding more veils. If I do, Magini, <laughs> I love it uh, to her outfit. Yeah, and um, um, okay, let's just play the last one real quick. What would Barbara Eden tell the twenty-five-year-old Barbara Eden, which oh. is how old she was when okay. she got that role? What would Barbara Eden today tell Barbara Eden? Back when she was 25 years old. <laughs> Too many things. Well, I will tell you what I have tried to learn all my life, and I'm still trying to learn it. It's to have patience. But maybe not being satisfied is what's driven you and made you who you are today. That could be. People, everyone around me is what made me what I am today. I oh, just gracious I just, and lovely. I know, I can just... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, 
Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Picture her living in Bel Air and going to lunch once a week. Yellow and red furniture. Yes, and just like she's so lovely. It was amazing. She's going to be 87, I think. Her voice sounds beautiful. Doesn't it? And she was never in her book, Jeannie Out of the Bottle, she did not like that Jeannie and Tony Nelson got married. Mm-hmm. She contributed to the rating decline mm-hmm. of the show because that was the series last when they got married. She said it ruined the show because Jeannie wasn't human. She thought she was, and Tony knew she wasn't, and it broke right. the credibility of the show. Oh, interesting. And then um, Larry Hagman found out I Dream of Jeannie was canceled when he drove on the lot. And the security guy, the guy at the gate said, oh, your show's been canceled. And Larry Hagman in his book said, that was a real Hollywood story. Find out that way. And uh, they did. Driving on the lot is today's Twitter. Right. Um, And then I guess there was a Jeannie and Tony reunion because Barbara Eden appeared on Larry Hagman's Dallas as his embittered former lover, Leanne De La Vega. Oh, I love it. Leanne de la Vega is she, here. She's in town to seek a revenge. And if you listen closely to her monologue, her character's maiden name, she says, is... Hagman? Uh, Nelson. Oh, Nelson. Oh, yes. Yeah, it was Tony Nelson. Yeah. And I guess Phil Spector made a cameo in the third season. Oh, and gosh. I Dream of Jeannie had a little fun connection with the other fellow sitcom, The Monkees. Really? Because they both filmed at right. NBC. Yeah. So they just kind of did a crossover thing. And then uh, Paris Hilton played Barbara Eden. Remember our show, American yes, Dreams? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I love that show. We loved that show. Oh, some of the good What was the cool. interesting thing? You guys probably know this about her costume, her genie costume. Uh, the signature pink and mm-hmm. red harem pants and bolero jacket. She wore it again in 2013 at yeah. the Vienna Ball. Is that it? She, I could go with that one. She was not allowed to show her what? Belly button. That's right. Her navel had mm-hmm. to be covered. Had to be covered in the 60s. That was a no-no. Yeah, but she wore it all those years later yeah. at age 78. I love that. I love Something that. Something she wore yeah. when she was 25. I love that. And then Larry Hagman in her book, A Genie Out of the Bottle, she, um, you know, he was frustrated with the weak script. And so yeah. he self-medicated every day. He started every day at the studio Barbara Eden writes in her book, drinking vast quantities of champagne. Jeez. And in between scenes, he sequestered himself in his dressing room, smoking pot, and downing Jeez. more champagne, all <laughs> in the interest of maintaining a calm serenity. Jeez. Wow. Um, Barbara Eden also wrote that he once even went so far as to urinate all over the, uh, the I Dream of Genie set. For the record, she didn't see it. But she was familiar enough with his moods that she would always leave the set if she could feel a storm coming. Isn't that something? I think he was pretty honest about that in his uh, memoir as well. About like, you know, he was really just... uh, Her son's name was Matthew, uh, and that was from her first marriage to an actor by the name of Michael Ansara, who if you saw his photo, you might recognize Michael Ansara. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but uh, she's... Been married to the same guy since 1991, no. Oh, that's so nice. And I guess she, they had an episode in the first season of I Dream of Jeannie with a real lion in one scene, and Larry Hagman was having a fit. He did believe, not want to I share a I believe I remember this. No, I'm, I'm not making friends with any bleeping lion. 
And Barbara Eden said we have to let him smell us. Right. So he's familiar with us for the scene. And Larry Eggman did not want to do the scene. He sounds so, like such a pill. I know. So he said so when it came time to do the scene, the lion and, and of course Barbara Eden as Jeannie were plenty tight, but as soon as the king of the forest took one look at Hagman. He let out a huge roar, and Larry Hagman and several crew members ran. Ran. Oh yeah, and pushed over probably Barbara Eden. And Larry Hagman confirmed that anecdote yeah. at a uh, uh, t- television critics uh, panel a few years ago. All right, listen. We come back. Our friend Joe Piazza with her latest novel, Charlotte Walsh likes to win. It's incredible. Such a great book, and we're talking to her next. And town. Now trend has emerged. This is the My Talk Now trending report. What's happening right now? Now, now? Trending online this afternoon would be Chris Rock. He has signed on to star in season four of the upcoming Fargo uh, series on FX. Also today, National Watermelon Day. Also, the hashtag Facebook down trending. Facebook was down earlier this afternoon. It seems to be all on the up and up today uh, if you go on there this afternoon. And also trending movies at the box office this weekend. Christopher Robin and The Spy Who Dumped Me. The big releases from Hollywood this weekend. They are trending. That's what's trending here my talk. All right, let's take a look at your forecast as we head into the weekend. Uh, we do have a chance of thunderstorm, 72 tonight. Thunderstorm activity, let's call it likely for tomorrow with a high of 81 and then 84 on Sunday. 83, cloudy right now at my talk. Now you know what we know. See more at mytalk1071.com. I like me better when I'm with you. Hanging out with us, well, one of our favorite reporters and novelists. We just feel like we've known her forever. Joe Piazza is with us. Hi, Hi Joe. Hey, guys. You have known me forever. We, we have. have. We were looking it up, trying to figure it out. I, I mean, we read you when you were writing for the Daily News, Glamour Magazine. News. No, I- I think like 10 years, 10 maybe? years, at least. And when you wrote The Knockoff, and then we loved yeah. How to Be Married, and now your novel, Charlotte Walsh Likes Twin, oh. is so damn good. good. <laughs> Thank you. It I really think, is. I think this is the best one yet. I love it so much. It, it is. Us? It is so good. Give people, and we'll tell people because you're going to be in town Not tomorrow. tomorrow. But I'm give, in town tomorrow. Do I get to see you ladies tomorrow night? Where are you going to be tomorrow night? Well, I'm at Common Good tomorrow we, night at 7 o'clock. Yeah, we know that. We know that, but, and that's right uh, in our neighborhood. Yes. It's right in St. Paul, but uh, there might be evening plans that are interfering yes. with our ability to see no. you there, damn it. Well, there's going to be wine there, if that sweetens the pot for anyone it listening does. to the show. It does. Um, and I'm going to be hanging out afterwards, so text me later, and maybe we can meet up for a drink then. Okay, that would okay. be perfect. Now, tell people, give this up for Charlotte Walsh likes to win. So Charlotte Walsh is a woman who decides that she wants to try to fix things, the things that are wrong with America. So she runs for a Senate during the midterm elections. And by the way, this is a novel, mm-hmm. not nonfiction. Right. Um, she runs in her home state of Pennsylvania, where there's never been a woman elected senator or governor. Uh, there's currently an all-male male delegation to Congress. And it's a behind-the-scenes look of what it really takes for a woman to run for office, which mm-hmm. is different 
than a man running for office, um, but what it really takes for anyone to run for office. I look at politicians, and they seem so buttoned up and so wooden all the time, and I'm like, what's really going on in your head? What's really going on in your house behind the scenes? And Charlotte Walsh likes to win takes us there. It, it turns a politician into a real human being. Yeah, it's, 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 it is so uh, fascinating. Also with the um, her opponent, who Charlotte is running mm-hmm. against in Pennsylvania, her first appearance to announce her candidacy and the whole kerfuffle over the shoes that she's wearing. And mm-hmm. I, I love her responses, but I could totally see that happening, you know. Today. Today, and it always of happens course. with women, but not with men. But not with men, but not with men. So, yeah, Charlotte um, Walsh, when she gives her campaign announcement, she wears flats instead of heels. Mm -hmm. And why? Because flats are more comfortable and women get more things done in flats than heels. (laughs) But you can move faster. (laughs) You can move faster. We can run run away from people faster. And there's a whole kerfuffle on the Internet about, it's called heel gate. Mm -hmm. And... My editor actually didn't want me to put it in. She's like, I just think it's too silly. And I'm like, I think it's real life. It is. Yep. That really, it, is. It, it really did. It just kind of hammers home again the difference in how uh, male candidates and female candidates are treated. Now, was there any particular inspiration that in writing this? I mean, did you want to write it after Hillary lost? Did it have anything to do with that? Well, I started, I started thinking about the book before the election. Oh, you did? Okay. So I actually thought, and that was when we all thought that Hillary was going to win. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, wouldn't it be interesting if we had an inside look of what it took for a campaign where a woman does win? Yeah. And then afterwards, the world got turned upside down. Mm-hmm. And I also thought that I was writing a satire in the beginning, but now you can't even write satire because I can't keep up with real life. Yeah, that's and true. I, it was. It would have also been very easy to write fan fiction to be like, "Oh, she's a woman candidate. She's the best. Of course, she wins." But Charlotte Walsh is a flawed candidate, mm-hmm. and she's a flawed woman. And I hope that raises a lot of questions about what it does actually take. Because, like you said, women candidates get criticized for their hair, their makeup, their shoes, whether or not they're mothers. And if they are mothers, they have to be perfect mothers. Um, well- it's just. It's incredible. Yeah. And I, I like, too, the story with her husband, yeah. you know, whatever this the secret is. Because we only got the book on Tuesday, so, so Julia and I are, like, halfway it. through. But her relationship... Oh, my God, I can't wait. I can't wait until you guys find out the twist. Cause the uh, twist no, is this so one is so I good. I, I love the relationship, yeah. how you detail, you know, her going back to her hometown, her old high school boyfriend, her relationship with her husband. And it's... um. It's a page turner. It you know, really is. The one thing about it is, you know, here you have a woman and we've had, you know, an impre- unprecedented amount of women now running for Congress and Senate. Mm-hmm. It's a and, record number. It's amazing yes. how many women are running right now. Yeah, it is. And and but you you ask the question, you know, a woman who wants to have it all, be a mom, have a family, run for politics, be out there. Um, can she have it all? Yeah. Can she have it all? Is it possible? And I leave that kind of open-ended because I want to start a conversation about it and about how hard the world makes it for a woman to have it all. I think last time I talked to you guys, I was pregnant, and yes. now, I have a one, now I have a 13-month-old who, by the way, is running around in front of me right now naked because I didn't have time to get a diaper on him, and I'm like, that's my life. Yeah, how um, to be married. How to be married. Uh, and it's hard. It is hard for women to try to juggle it all. I actually, I have a friend who was running for office uh, in 
Minnesota. Her name's Sarah Spafford Friedman. She's coming to, the, to our event tomorrow night, and she's going to talk to us about what it was like to run in your state. So I'm so excited about that. Oh, that'll be interesting because you actually, in the research for this book that you did, um, Charlotte Walsh Likes to Win, you talked to over 100 different women who. I did. You know, I'm running. such a journalist, right? Like, I can't not right. do the reporting. Well, that's why you're a good novelist. I know. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I mean, I think it makes the books better. And but pe- and people have asked me, too. They're like, why didn't you just do nonfiction? Why didn't you just put those interviews in a book? And I actually think that fiction changes hearts and minds and influences people in a much more interesting way. And one of the reasons I wrote this is that you look at TV and movies, and we don't see women characters leading, not nearly enough. Mm-hmm. We don't see them in political office. We don't see them as CEOs and I want to show women who are truly ambitious and trying and out there, out there doing their thing. And I think that Hollywood has really, and fiction have, they both failed us in a yeah. lot of ways. Yeah. I love it um, that you were excited a couple of days ago because I don't know if it was in Us Weekly where, um, oh, you know, who's our gal? Who oh, Lauren was, Graham. Yes. Lauren Graham. You, I, you, apparently she loves the book and I didn't know. And I found out. By reading Us Weekly. I know. Us but Weekly. You, she named her three, Lauren, she named her three summer books. And it was, uh, the one of the books was Charlotte Walsh Likes to Win. And she gives you, uh, I mean, how good is that? I know. That's I know. Insane. That's awesome. Yeah, I had, I had no clue. I also found out on, on the internet. Okay. I found out on the internet that it's one of Emily Giffen's favorite oh, summer who, reads, too. She's another great author. And you're on, like, Vulture's list. You're on, you've made a lot of lists. Yeah. So congratulations. I, I wish we had lists. finished the book by the time the interview was. We were work, We had to work on yesterday's book. <laughs> well, we <laughs> well, had finished just, that. That just means that you guys can finish it and then call me and then we'll talk about it again. Yeah. Now, Joe, did anything ever come about with um, your uh, book, The Knockoff, your first novel? Wasn't that going to be a TV yeah, it's still, that's still in the process. It is. With Lucy Sykes. Uh, with Lucy Sykes. Yeah. But it, in more exciting TV news, it looks like Charlotte Walsh is going to be a TV show. Get out. And, and that's good, that's moving really fast. We have three different um, places bidding on it right now. I've literally been on the call, on the phone for the past 24 hours. Oh, Joe, uh, what if you get an exploding offer for your book? You know, I don't care about the offer, and I keep saying that to people. I'm like, I want to work with whoever is going to get this made quickly because I think it's so timely. It is. And I, it's also, we have five female roles in this book that yep. are over the age of 40. Mm-hmm. Like, how cool is that? Like, we have roles for women in Hollywood that have felt excluded for so long. So, Is we, it Reese Witherspoon? Is she one of the companies bidding on it? Um, she you, is actually not. No, we have no, no. We have um, three other companies bidding on it, but we do have four A-list actresses in contention. Well, I was so just I'm not allowed s- to say who they no. are. Well, I was just going to say, who do you think would play Charlotte Walsh? Who would you love if you could I guess? Know. I mean, there's so there's so many. We we have a list that's about ten actresses that we love. I'm not even allowed. Like I was allowed to talk about it last week, but no. now I'm not allowed because it's. It's the people we want doing it are actually a possibility now. Oh my okay. God. I'm oh so excited. Gosh. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Joe Piazza. The book is Charlotte Walsh Likes to Win. You know, Joe, we always ask our authors, what's the last great book that you read? I just finished Florida, the short story collection by Lauren Groff, okay. and it blew me away. Best short story collection I've ever read. Really? We just heard that yeah. from someone. Yeah, somebody, another author that we yeah. had on just absolutely loved that book. So good. So, so good. good. And Anne Curtis Sittenfeld's short story collection 
was was equally good. And I I don't like short story collections, and both of those were just so fantastic. They were and so she's good. So good. Oh God, Charlotte Walsh likes to win is a winner. I mean, it is. We're enchanted I'm to read with it this her. Weekend. Yeah, it's really it's definitely got to be one of your uh, summer beach reads because you, there's no way you will not fall in love with this book. And I can see the TV series happening. And tomorrow night? Me too. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game. And you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. And tomorrow night, 7 o'clock at Common Yes, so it's St. Paul, and she will discuss her writing, this book, everything. Oh, 7 o'clock. Joe, how and fun. And like I said, there will be wine. There will be wine. <laughs> Joe, thank you. There will be women. I know it. <laughs> Author and journalist Joe Piazza, Charlotte Walsh likes to win. We've got a couple copies to give away. Joe, stay in touch, keep writing, and we'll follow your TV news on this book. Wonderful. Thank you, ladies. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Uh, when we come back, we'll get some other TV news. Thanks for hanging out with us. Julia, what do you give Charlotte Walsh likes to win? Five out of five? Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yesterday, we're going to have these discussions after we interview, but this one's a great book. Yeah. Yesterday, you gave yesterday's book uh, two two. stars, and I gave it uh, three stars, I believe. That was three and a half. Uh, three and a half, that, three that, and a half. It's so ambiguous, girl. That was an ambiguous ending. Yes. Mm-hmm. After a tale that I knew, though. I hated. I knew. After the first it. chapter, after the second chapter, when Lee, when the stranger oh. shows up, I was like, Julia, I, I wish I'd had service out in Montana. I would have called you and said, don't download this book. Don't read this book. Oh. I'm going to save you the aggravation. You're going to hate it. Oh, I hated it. But Charlotte life. Walsh likes I, to win is delicious. I know. And I still have one from last Friday to finish. I'm Oh, Girls Night Out. Yes. I'm dying. Yeah, that book was good. No, I have two. These are two good ones. Yeah, yeah, I, um, yeah. Maybe we're gonna have a week off without a book, so I could catch up and read my old. We books. are gonna have a week off without Thank a book. God. I'm very sad. Maybe. Oh God, <laughs> I can breathe. <laughs> Reading has ruined my summer so much. Oh Lord, <laughs> never complain. Never, never explain. explain. Thank you, Julia. Yes. Okay, so Kate McKinnon stopped by Jimmy Fallon last night, and the only reason I. Will tape Jimmy Fallon is if somebody Hysterical's that I, on. is on, and Kate McKinnon gives good couch, yeah. and of course she does have good chemistry with uh, Jimmy Fallon, both you know the improv thing and yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. So let's uh, she's going to rap in Hungarian because she they when they filmed the movie The Spy Who Dumped Me, they did it in Budapest. 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 And yeah. and Hungarian is a very very difficult indeed. Right? Language to learn, and all she learned was nothing. Okay, and then the, she, but she did learn a rap song. Here we go. Um, so this, so this is one yes, verse. This is one verse of a song called Josef Varos, and that's a neighborhood in Budapest that was kind of rough in the '90s when this uh, song was written. Okay, so Eric, this is for you. Okay. Yes. Yes. Thank you. 
Yo. 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 Yo, yo. Hogy itt vagyunk, most vegre valamit bemutathatunk Ez a Józsefváros, amit anyák Itt nevelve minket a jó anyák Ahol veljut együtt már sok hülye felnöz Hiába ez a hely a szívünk hőznöz Itt nem ölted anyát, pálmafán Sikerekek már csak hanvarják az iskolát Mert a sok sútyótól már lépni sem lehet A fontos mi a hajat és a pulóverük Vagy barát leszel, vagy ellenség Itt már nem számít az ember sem Szakát, ruhában, én körösle a derekig a kukában A kérdésem csak élni, jól meg! Ez mind minden Dózsapárosi utca kér! And she's so funny, and all every time she sits down with someone, if you want to see her, she loves to push up her nose and make the piggy nose. She does. She does it all the time, and just. She's so dry. Yeah, she, she told is, she told Fallon, Hungarian is the second most difficult language for native speakers of English to pick up. So I studied every day so hard for three months, and at the end, I couldn't even order at a restaurant. <laughs> But she did memorize phonetically how to do this one rap. Uh, um, by the band Animal Cannibals. I love it. Is the name of the I band. I love it. The beginning of that song sounded like another song, like Fine Young Things. Oh, or if you played really? it, yeah, just play it again okay, from the okay. beginning. Uh, and all right. Anyway, and this is posted if you want to see it. Um, so, this, so this is one yes. verse. Yes, that was kind of a song was written. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yo. Yo. No? Yo. Julia, how do you feel about Leonardo DiCaprio's, uh, DiCaprio's production company working with Jessica Biel to produce a remake of The Facts of Life? Oh. That was on for nine years, you guys. Natalie, she'll come back to haunt me. Yeah. The chubby one that someone told yeah, me, I, I reminded them of when I waited uh, on them in Hawaii. You know who you remind me of? Natalie on Facts of Life. No, the girl on Facts of Life. The girl on Facts of Life. And could it be Blair, the really cute right, one? Right, the blonde. Um, no. It could it be Kitty um, or whoever the little ones were, but no. <laughs> Natalie. 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 I'm like. <laughs> Sorry, should have laughed. Mm-hmm. No, I re- I remember distinctly <laughs> yes. after that just saying, "Oh, great!" Yeah, and running away and like, what a bunch of dink toids, you know? What yeah. can I spike their food with? Well, I mean, seriously, <laughs> and we don't meet a lot of dink toids. Yeah, I know. No, I know. Not familiar with the term. Anyway, Jessica Beale would produce it. It could be a modern version of the girls at boarding school. They could still deal with. You know, no, drug use, sex, no, eating disorders, there, and peer pressure. Are there no new no, ideas? No, no. And here's the thing I was even thinking of. I mean, it seems like so many books are being made into movies or TV shows. What's happened to the old screenplay genre? Do those do people even look at those anymore? Oh, yeah. But you think it's so? like I mean, the Crazy Rich Asians guys. You know, the author and the director, the people with the money. I mean, they turned on a ton of money from Netflix because they but wanted I'm, the studio. But that offer. was a book. You right. know, so I'm just wondering, do Don't, our screen... No, it's All right, I'm wondering if the screenwriters are struggling. Oh, like, they have more places screen. to sell their screenplays yeah. than they ever have That's before. True. You know, it's I just, just that like maybe Hollywood is finally catching on. It's there's the a lot of time. great books out there yeah. written by women that are feature women, and I still think Big Little Eyes kicked that door in, and I can't wait to, if we ever get to talk to Lyanne Moriarty about, you know... 
That, her new book. I feel like that series kind of kicked the door open. The success well, of that. Yeah, but Wild. I think when Reese but that was a movie. I'm Wild. talking about oh, with TV. TV is more suitable to a lot of these books, yeah. I think, because you can do a limited. I mean, just Cabillo bought the rights to the center. That was a mm-hmm. book, right? You know, it might give. It's easier to get made, right. Than movies, right? You know, where well, you got to have a name and you got to have this and the mm-hmm. money and, you know, all that. It's more complicated. It seems like you could, if you've so, got an original idea, yeah. you have a lot of places to shop it. Well, you know, that's yeah. what I think. All right, fine. Chris Rock is going to star in the next Fargo. I'm interested in uh, this well, because I feel like he's kind of dabbled. Hasn't he dabbled a little bit in well, he was acting? The, he was the voiceover in Everybody Hates Chris. That, t- that TV show? Yes, yes. He wasn't in it. It was his voice. Right, but right. I, has he's done Chris, movies. Yeah, that's what uh, I thought. Yeah, you know? he has. So what's he going to do so in this, this is uh, gonna season So this is going to be season four. Girl. It's going to tell a story of immigration and assil- assimilation. Donnie, if you pronounce Assimilation. It. Yeah, yes. good. Assimilation. The things people do for money. In typical Fargo fashion, it's a story about decent people who are probably in over their heads. Uh, production begins in 2019. We oh. haven't determined the date yet. But what's the official description? Well, you read it. You read it. No, you read it. Story there. It's it's set in nineteen fifty. People, right? Nineteen fifty. Yes. Yeah. At the end of two American migrations. Yeah. Yeah. Southern Europeans, and then the people from from the Jim Crow South. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So Chris Rock, that is a uh, serious acting gig for him. I think so. You and McGregor had it last year playing the twins. Did you like last season? I never finished it. Oh, yeah, it was so yes, good. Was, that's was that's yet good. another yeah. one. Carrie Coon was fabulous. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. And, of There's course, that's that, the, that broke up his marriage. That's, yes, it Taking did. all those with, baths with Mary, with Mary Elizabeth, Elizabeth Winstead. Winstead. Yes. I hope How Chris you, Rock is single, because no, that's when it happened. already, his marriage is broken up, but he's already with someone else. Oh, he, but that doesn't mean uh-huh. anything. It, that, do, it really doesn't. Pat doesn't <laughs> mean anything. No. Just because you're with someone doesn't mean you're with someone. I know. Jeez. Well, oh, by the way, yes. I have to just say that I really like the two new Orange County Housewives, Unreal Housewives oh, on Bravo. You do? Oh, yeah. They've, they've given a job to a Jersey girl who's moved to California, who I get quite a kick out of. And then um, a lady who's a lawyer and uh, her husband is a lawyer. And they got married because they were just friends and wanted to have babies. And then they fell in love and had three babies that her sister carried. I mean, this is soap opera stuff. No kidding me. Yeah. All right. So yeah, you, you like know, it? I like the orange. I mean, you know. I, I know like you do. All right. So here, I've got a little alert thing. Yes. Oh, we don't have time. And Luann's out of treatment. She did 21 days exactly. Yeah, good well, she's off to do a show this Sunday night. I, I do not want Luann to do the cabaret show in the Hamptons. I really think it just needs to be, you know, tabled. For now. For but now. But she gets tabled. But I Sequins think she needs the Bola. money. Another bowens could be champagne. We don't know what's happening. All right, listen, we will be back. Donnie's making us play a game. <laughs>